Corinthians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, God has exhibited us apostles as last of all, like men sentenced to death, because we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are held in honor, but we in disrepute. To the present hour we hunger and thirst. We are ill-clad and buffeted and homeless, and we labor working with our own hands. When reviled we bless, when persecuted we endure, when slandered we try to conciliate. We have become and are now as the refuse of the world, the offscouring of all things. I do not write this to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then be imitators of me. Peace be to you, the reader. and suffers terribly for often he falls into the fire and often into the water and I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him and Jesus answered O faithless and perverse generation how long am I to be with you how long am I to bear with you bring him here to me and Jesus rebuked him and the demon came out of him And the boy was cured instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? He said to them, Because of your little faith. 
For truly I say to you, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move hence to yonder place, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. But this kind is not cast out, except by prayer and fasting. As they were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill Him, and He will be raised on the third day. proclaims the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is in our midst. Today we hear the gospel story, which is echoed in the gospel of Luke. It's the story of this father who has a child who has epilepsy. And he brings himself into great danger with his epilepsy. And so the, uh, so the father goes to Christ. He first goes to the disciples. They're not able to heal, so he goes to Christ. And, and Jesus, of course, heals the boy. So the disciples talk to him privately. They say, why couldn't we cast him out? Did you hear what he said? It's that part. We all, we all know this pretty well. Because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible to you. Yikes. So the apostles don't even have the faith of a mustard seed. Where are we? How can we move mountains? This passage is so spoken of and read all the time. Oh, if you just had the faith to move mountains, you can have the faith to move mountains. Right? And all of that is, you can do it. You can do it. Right? We use this passage for that. But if you actually look at it, it's pretty startling. The apostles don't even have that faith. And then our understanding of the passage is further clouded by this whole thing of faith. What is faith? Well, we often think of it as this thing that we possess. Right? I have faith. The Greek word, pisti, also includes uh, believe. So it's the same thing. I believe. I have faith. We say, oh, if only I had more faith, right? It's this thing that we're trying to get. But that's not really accurate with what the word means. Because in the Greek, the word has this activity to it, this action to it. You know, we think of it in English as something that's just there, right? You just have it. You get it, you get more of it, you have it. But really, oftentimes, that word could be translated more accurately to faithfulness. So think about the difference between faith and faithfulness. Faithfulness means you're doing something, right? You can't have faithfulness and not be doing anything. There's a fidelity, right? And of course, the Latin word for faith is fidem, which turns into fidelity. So again, there's this idea of doing something, right? Because when we hear that line, you, because of your little faith, it's actually not even accurate because it says apistion, because of your unfaithfulness. 
Because we have to do our faith. We don't have our faith, but we so often think of it as something that we have, but rather it's something that we do. And so our faith is an action, not simply an allegiance. It's not an intellectual thing that, oh, I have faith, I believe, right? And it, therefore it becomes more concrete. Because then, if faith is something that we do rather than something that we have, the next question is begging, what do we do? What do we do to have this faithfulness? And our Lord is quite clear on that. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, right? If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now we have something really concrete that we can work with. So when we say, oh, I wish I had more faith, or you, have the, you can get the faith to move mountains, what does it mean? It means following His commandments, living the life in Christ. This is what it means to have faith. And why is this true that if, if, we, if we do God's commandments, we follow His will, then therefore we are in unity with Him? Why is this true? What's that connection? I mean, it might seem intuitive. We do God's will, and then we're more connected to Him. Well, today we also celebrate St. Maximus, and that'll be our connection there. Because St. Maximus, the confessor, he was the great, uh, the great opposer to monothelitism. Monothelitism is a big word that many of us might not know. It means the belief that God had one will. You'll see where I'm going with this. There's a connection. So God has one will, according to this heresy. And St. Maximus says, no, he doesn't have one will. He has two wills. He has his divine will and his human will. And so this debate happened centuries ago. We say, why does this have anything to do with us? Because if God has two wills, he has a human will and a divine will, well, these people who believe this heresy, that he had one will, why was that? Because his two wills were so completely in union that it's hard to tell the difference between the two. Now we have a path for us, because that is our path as well. We have God's divine will as expressed in His commandments. And we have our own will, which does all kinds of sometimes really mean and rotten things. And what is our life? To bring those into union. To bring those into union so completely that you can't tell the difference between the two. That's what we're called to do. And that's what the apostles, they weren't quite there yet, right? But of course they're saints, so they did, they did get pretty close to, to that goal. And in fact, we have other examples besides Christ himself. We have his holy mother. And we look at her, and what did she say on the Annunciation? May it be done according to your word. Basically, may it be done according to your will. She took her will, she put it inside of God's will, and those two stayed together. They stayed together so closely that we heard that prophecy, a sword will pierce through your own soul as well. That when Christ is dying on the cross, it's her soul being pierced because her will and His will are so completely united. So completely united. So this, my brothers and sisters, is our goal. And there are simple, simple steps that we do to take towards that. Because faith means actions, it means do things. Do the commandments. Follow the commandments. There was a, a video that was sent to me by uh, Dimitri. I don't know if Dimitri's here near us today. But 
uh, Archimandrite Zacharias. This beautiful little description, someone asked him, what is the spiritual heart? What is our spiritual life? And in five minutes he describes the entire thing. And our goal is to bring our intellect and our heart in union. It's that same language. The divine will, human will, bring it together. And he gave us three simple tips. That because God gave these to us. He said, His name, His word, and His holy body. So there we have it. His name, what does that mean? We pray. We constantly pray. We constantly ask God's will in our lives. His word, we study the word of God. We study His saints, the Holy Fathers, and most importantly, Scripture, to really see and hear what God's will is. And then His holy body, His body and blood, to receive His sacraments. All of these are things that bring our will in union with His will. So may we, like the apostles, start from somewhere small, smaller than a grain of mustard of faith, and grow that and grow that and grow that, so that, as our Lord said in the Gospel, nothing will be impossible. Amen.